Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of The Vital Podcast. I'm Canon Mark Eldridge and um, I'm here today with a friend of mine, uh, the Reverend Pete Matthews, and he's the rector of St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and Pete and I, uh, I did a revive weekend with him and then another church in Lexington, Apostles, um, a while back in the in the spring, and and it was just a, it was a great time. And I've known Pete for a while, but we reconnected at that point. And so, first of all, let me just welcome Pete to the podcast today. Welcome, Pete. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this. So, sure. the reason I wanted to, I wanted to interview uh, Pete today is that we. Um, you know, on the vital podcast, it's called that because if you've listened to this before, we on this podcast, we focus on the five vital areas of church health, believing that if your of church is healthy, it'll grow. And, and you've got to be balanced and healthy in all five of these vital areas. And so um, when I was working with Pete, uh, uh, the Revive Weekend, um, it was clear that that you know what his church was needing was a real was work on the v which most churches do frankly but the but but the v piece the vision for evangelism that sort of missional focus but in pete's case um they had developed some really good systems in the in the idols which i we got we jokingly got to be careful when you say idols not idol but ita the the i-t-a-l-s of uh of the of the vitals um, and so I just want to talk to Pete a little bit about those and have have you all hear kind of some of the things that they're doing really well um, in these in, in these other areas. So in, in addition, they're they're doing great work on the vision piece, too. That's that's coming together. But but um, anyway, does that sound good, Pete, if we talk, we talk about sure, that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me first I just I know we were talking uh, recently um, about your the eye, which is the. Um, intentional worship and really, really how you do your Sunday morning in such a way where unchurched people, new people coming in and, and you've recently made some improvements to what I observed an already pretty good mm-hmm. uh, greeter process. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing and our listeners. Yeah. So we do a couple of things. One is you just mentioned, we have a welcome team and um, for a long time, that was one person who'd sort of lay out bulletins and greet people and and uh, if there's a guest, kind of kind of help them get acclimated, and and uh, and and especially this is really my number one thing I want is I want a guest card because mm-hmm. that triggers my ability to connect with new people and get them into our sort of incorporation or assimilation process. But um, but we have a new team leader, and it's my wife, and she kind of stepped in and built on what's already been going great, and and they had enough people that want to be the team that. We have a like a four week rotation of two people doing it, so that way we have a person who can who can greet and um, is available just to welcome and help guests connect. And we have a person that's sort of a um, wayfinder is what what they're calling it, and they okay. can if you have kids, they can help you find the nursery, you know, help you find a place to sit. And um, so so that's that's going on. And then after worship, they stick around, and then every team member and this. This has been part of the ministry, but they sort of, sort of, they re-upped it. They're, they're, they have a job even when they're not formally serving. So they all have, have signed up to be like, we're going to look for people we don't know. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, 
do a thing at the end of the church called the three minute rule for the first three minutes. I will not talk to anyone. I know Love it. I'll reach out to someone I don't know. Maybe they've been there three times. I just don't know them. And so that's about 10 people. And we're, we're, if everyone in our church showed up on a Sunday, we'd have about 120. So, Hey, if 10 people in our church do that every Sunday, my sense is people of Israel go, wow, what a welcoming church. Yeah. You know? So, so that's going on. And then, and then this is beyond the welcome team, but in our, in our worship, um, at the beginning, before we start the service, I always welcome everyone. We have a we have a self-contained bullet with the whole liturgy in it, yeah. and I explain how to participate in that. And everything that people do together, we print in bold. And I say, all you need to know is when the bold shows up, that's your time to welcome them. And, you, and then and every, just to get clear, you do that yeah, before sorry. the service. No, I mean, I just for our listeners to to hear to to before the the opening procession. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you do a procession if before that, anything you, you get up and welcome and explain that so that a yeah. new person, maybe they'd never been in an Anglican church before or church for that matter. Right. They'll know, okay, I'm, I belong here. It's okay. And now I know how to participate. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then at the end of our announcements, which are, which are in the middle of service, like many Anglican services, mm-hmm. um, then I, then I explain Holy communion and I really explain it in detail and how to come up and you can participate. Etc. And I do both those things every Sunday and I can look out and see if there's no guests, but I still do it right. because also I do it to signal to our people. You can know if you bring someone, we're not going to leave them hanging. Yeah. And so, so that, that, um, yeah, so that's been really helpful. And there, you know, I'm like any rector. There's some Sundays I look out. It's the fourth Sunday. There's no new visitors. I'm like, do I really have to say this again? I feel yeah. awkward, but I just, you know, I just committed to doing it. And, and um, anyway, think, yeah, that's that's kind of what we do on Sunday to try to welcome people. That's great, Pete. And I, again, I mean, just it's fun for me to hear you describe that because we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't coordinate this, but but the way you describe that it's almost verbatim. You know how I how I teach that in the 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 revived seminar in terms of just like I I with with you and I was a rector. Uh, there was many Sundays where there weren't any visitors there, and I knew it. But I I went I did I did the same exact thing you described. And but again, just as you said, I think what our our folks in the pews there, there's already this fear of doing evangelism or fear of inviting their friends and that kind of stuff. And so we want to take away as many obstacles of the to those fears. So if they think, well, you know, if they're even a little bit in their mind, well, if I invite my friend and they come and that's the one Sunday or that's the Sunday that Father Pete or Father Mark or whoever doesn't doesn't welcome them properly, well, then. I don't want that to happen. So I better not just invite, but, but when they know you do this every week, no matter what, then they can be confident. Okay. If I invite them, uh, father Pete's not gonna, not gonna drop the ball on me. So anyway, that that's good. Well, let me, let me switch gears to, um, yeah. to the, um, the a in the, in the, in the vitals, uh, which is authentic community. And really a big part of that is on, um, is developing small groups, not only small groups, but but getting people yeah. in real community, and oftentimes that is small groups. And so, I know you've had some uh, success with that, you know. Uh, so over the years, and trial and error, and learned some things. So, um, yeah. tell tell our listeners a little bit about your your groups and kind of what you found uh, that works to, to you know maybe something by implication what doesn't work. Um, but just because, again, I, I love what you're doing, and I think it's what a lot of churches out there need to build towards. So just describe some of your groups. and what, what's Yeah, that? yeah. So 
obviously, you know, I think one of the principles is is it's going to look different, different parishes. Mm-hmm. You can't exactly cookie cutter it. But people, you know this, Mark, people who study this will say, if you want a church that's vital, you have to have groups. And it can, you, doesn't matter what they look like. They could look a hundred different ways. There's no one's magic formula, except you got to have groups right. if you're going to grow. So, so what we kind of stumbled into over time of lots of trial and error and, um, you know, lots of, even the stuff I described first, you know, there were years of not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, stumbling in and learning all this from other people. Um, but we, we went with a, a model, we call it kind of semester based. Okay. And, um, so we have, we have a, a fall kind of kind of season and then a winter spring season and we have um um we we have group sign-ups at the beginning of each of the season then summer is off although none of that's rigid so if you have a group that starts in the fall and they want to keep going and then we keep going for two more years praise god keep your group going or if they don't want to take a break in the summer great keep your group going so it's not rigid but we do have you know people know what to expect and we have a pattern we invite them into and then um, we do right now, we, we just after COVID last fall or last January, we finally just relaunched these. So we're we're rebuilding from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So our leadership pipeline right now is I invite people to lead and we have a, a training, but we're working on building that out and getting that better. And then and then we have a, a template. So the, what I do is I really I really I find in my experience what works best and what works best for me is I really let groups be leader driven. So we don't have a rigid model we impose on groups other than we have kind of a recipe or a okay. template. Like and it. the recipe is if you have a group, like you meet at least twice a month, you meet more. Um, I want you to eat when you get together. And that can be everything from a men's group that they all have a beer to you have a potluck, you know, and everything in between. It can be going to Panera and getting yeah. bagels. And then I want you to study something. It can be a book or a book of the Bible you know, and that's that's the one place where as rector, um, I say you, you got to get approval from me. I want to make sure what you're teaching is sound. And never had a problem with that, but it's a good accountability piece. And they got to pray together. And then you know, whatever else you want to do as a group, that's on you. And then basically, the potential leaders come to me and go, "Well, I'd like to do a group that looks like this. This is what I'm thinking." And as long as it has those ingredients, we let them go. And then and then we do. Um, we we have community group sign up Sundays. We, we just had our last one this last Sunday. It's two Sundays in a row. And the first Sunday, every group leader stands up and they talk about their group. And and for the weeks okay. leading up, I have a handout with all the groups going on. Okay. And then we have like in our foyer, they have stations and people talk to them and can sign up. And that's how we kind of populate the groups. So we're ready to get rolling with them again. So so kind of as a fall part of your fall kickoff. You 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 have signups for the groups and people who aren't in groups yep. can join existing groups, yeah, um, that kind of thing, and hear about yeah. what, what what day. So you have do you have you have those group leaders actually get up in front of the church and yeah. share? Okay, yeah, for the for the first Sunday and the second Sunday, I just go, hey, here's the handout. A couple of groups are already full. Here's who's going to be back there. So so even though it's Labor Day weekend, we had a couple of our groups had some people people that weren't around, and and we'll probably. I'll also do one more appeal. Probably we do an electronic newsletter. And I'll say, if you didn't get a chance to touch base with any of this, you want to be in a group, you know, or you want to be in a group, none of them work, let me know. We'll see what we can do. And we'll try to, you know, um, scramble and put a group together. That's, even when you're a smaller church, you can be pretty nimble. 
yeah. and stuff like that. So, so I, you know, I want to do the best I can to get everyone involved. I love it. Um, so just uh, um, think, listen, kind of thinking about what those the, those of you who are listening might be thinking and in case you're thinking, oh, well, that's a great idea, but we just missed our window because it's now September and the fall kickoff. And so, but I, I would argue or throw it out there that you don't have to do what Pete just described in terms of having a couple Sundays where you launch groups or get people in. It doesn't have to be early September or even January, yeah. early January. You could do it, you know, in October or something or have a do a few sermons on the importance of authentic community and relationship and the community in the church or something. And we're going to launch some groups. I mean, so you don't have to wait till next fall or even the new year to do something like this, although those aren't bad times to do that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I'd also add to that, you know, early in my ministry, I was, I was on staff at a, basically a mega church mm-hmm. and in large, large churches, you have to be really rigid about that stuff. It won't work. But if you're in a smaller church and most of us are, these thresholds, they're, they're not as big a deal. Just, just get it done. That's right. it. whatever you need to get it done. Just work on it. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it can be a lot more organic and formal. That's good. Not sloppy and lazy, but you know. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have yeah. to be okay, we we do we do small group signups, you know, launches in the fall, you know, we do, you know, in September. Yeah. You, know, you can be a little more nimble. I agree with that. Although just yeah. liturgically, I, I know um I've had success in the past with um launching groups in seasons like Lent, you know. So we're hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to get yeah. Lots of times I said, we're going to try to get everybody in the church into a group for the six weeks of Lent, knowing that after we had a plan to sort of keep groups going, but but then knowing that maybe, you know, 90% might do the group in Lent just because it's Lent and Father Mark pushed it. But yeah. afterwards, yeah. we might, you know, a bunch of those people might drop out, but a big bunch of people who, who weren't in groups before Lent stay in them through Easter and beyond. So point is, you know, yeah. there's liturgical seasons can help do something. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, uh, just keeping an eye on the clock here, but um, what uh, another thing I heard you describe recently, Pete, is you part of part of your fall kickoff, I guess, is you also did you have sort of, sort of like a ministry fair kind of thing where you yeah. not just for small groups, but kind of an on ramping of people. It's the lay mobilization, the L in vitals of sort of how do you on ramp people into service within the church. And so what, what, what was that like? Yeah. So we, um, um, we, we have um, a full spate of ministry teams. So all of our volunteer ministry organizing the teams and there's always a team leader. And then we actually have a coordinator for that, a a person who, who kind of, I assist them, but they lead that. And so we, we get those groups organized and then the fall we have sign up. And um, it's kind of like how I described the community groups. We mm-hmm. all the all the teams introduce themselves on a Sunday, and then we have tables in our foyer, and then you have like bowls of candy, yeah. sign ups, and maybe have signs, and they're just there to answer questions. And they also have written uh, ministry descriptions. Um, a years a number of years ago, I I hired an associate. She's still working for me, and um, she she did this in a lar- in another church in a larger church she brought this all in so okay, so she created this great infrastructure and we you know she's doing other stuff now but we we were able to work it but and then people sign up and i think this fall we just finished this 2 weeks ago and we have 65% of our adults volunteering in ministry somewhere you that's know awesome. i mean including vestry and that that's a volunteer ministry mm-hmm. thing so that's really exciting and encouraging and so we 
And then we ask for a one year, if you're a group leader, a team leader, it's a two year commitment, just like a, a vestry member. It's how we okay. do that. Or okay. it's a one year commitment, but you can re up indefinitely, but we always have a threshold. So we do that in the fall and then, and just work that through the year. And as a rector, I show up on Sundays and I'm not kidding. I, I don't really think about all the moving parts, you know, the kids ministry, the welcome team, we're getting ready to build a refreshment team. You know, the late, the, the less the readers, the child's first, they got it. We got team members that do it. And so it's just, it's wonderful. That is great. Well, and again, what I hear, so, so just to be clear and, uh, that although you know, you said if everyone showed up at your church, be about 120. So yeah. not everyone shows up every week. So you're, but yeah, a, a lot of our, a lot of the ACNA churches out there would love to have you know 90 people ish on a Sunday in general or whatever. But yeah. and that feels big. But but in general, that's not that big in the sense of like you you don't. I think so, you don't have to be like, oh man, if I had a full time staff, I could I could systematize and I could develop these kind of systems and rhythms of life to 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 do, you know, the IT ALSs yeah. yeah. um, and the, uh, the vitals. But I just don't have the time, or we don't have enough people. But what I'm hearing you say is you don't have to have, you know, a big staff to do this. You, it's just a matter of you know focusing on it and trying stuff and. Um, I guess I'm trying to just encourage those. Yeah, yeah. You you can do this too. You you don't have to be big to do this or too big. Yeah, and and I mean and I mean to be honest, I mean it's just equipping the saints for ministry. People really do want to serve and minister. That's right. You know, we don't we don't overkill. Usually, we have enough people on the team that it's a monthly rotation. But people really want to have a ministry, and and God made that. So, yeah, it's it's a. Yeah, and, and I think it's part of, I know you didn't ask about this, but I'll throw this out there. I think it's also part of, you, you really can't grow until you get to a place where as rector, you've given away ministry to other people. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. Some decisions are getting made that you don't know about yeah. at a certain level. And, you know, we're at a place where that, you know, I get some things, they tell me what they're doing. And yeah. that's what I'm hoping for, you know. And on the content of the groups, for example, they need to tell you, but beyond, there's yeah. other things that you don't have to have, you know, your thumb on, so to speak. That's right. I don't need to, and I want to, and I want to release them to have their thumb on it. So that's, that's yeah. great. That, that, I think that's, that's healthy. And that some of that's for our younger leaders. I hope you hear that, that, that some of that takes some time uh, to learn. I know I, I had, I at one point was bottlenecking the growth of, of my church, which I didn't, I didn't know it. I had to get an outside consultant like me now yeah. to come in and help, you know, like what's, what's, what's bottlenecking. It was, I was, I was not letting go of, I, you know, I had too much is having to flow through me and it was like, okay, well, I didn't even know I was doing that, but now that I know I can shift and adjust in order to free things up. So it just, um, but anyway, yeah, that's a good word. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so last thing I just, um, and just as a, I want to encourage you, Pete, but I, so, so when, at the beginning of this um, interview, I mentioned that, that, that Pete was in St. Patrick was already trying to systematize and doing the ITAL part, you know, pretty well on this. And I, I'm glad you could share that, but the, the V piece was sort of not, you were there, you're missional, you're evangelistic, but it wasn't systematized like the others, but, but just briefly um, for time, tell, tell our listeners what you've come up with since revive um, and, and what you're, what you're trying to get going now in the V, the V part. Yeah, so we we discerned a mission focus for our parish, and um, there's a ministry in our city called Lexington Rescue Mission, and they 
serve kind of people in recovery, people come out of prison, disciple and lead them to Christ. And the director of that ministry is part of our church. So as we prayed and discerned direction, it just seemed like, you know, that they have already a, a system in place we can step into. And a lot of the ministry that we'd step into would be very relational so we can connect mm-hmm. the people. That's great. And so to operationalize that, we've created one of our community groups that is going to, we're calling it a mission community group. It's it's basically a version of a missional community, yeah. you know. And um, basically every group member is going to purpose to volunteer there. And then we're going to work together to help the rest of the congregation in other kinds of ways, maybe not as regularly mm-hmm. serve and volunteer and include the whole parish. And then also kind of have built into that our own time for eat, pray, and study, you know, yeah. um, so so that people don't have to be in two things beyond what they're doing. You know, people have limited time. I want to use it very well. So this is a way to try to kill two birds with one stone. And so we're getting ready to kick that off and really excited. We have a lot of yeah. momentum around the folks that are in the group, really excited. And um, and we're hoping it'll it'll at least move us forward, you know, and being outwardly focused, especially coming out of COVID. I mean, who, yeah. how many people, how many churches were you just surviving? Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to really get out of ourselves again. Well, that's great. Well, well, really, thank, thank you for sharing all this. And I hope you, those of you who are listening to this podcast today are uh, encouraged by this, because I know a lot of you are kind of in a similar boat. And so to, to just be encouraged that you're not alone and um, you can do this too. Uh, we're here to help at Anglican Revitalization Ministries. And whether it's through coming in and doing a Revive Weekend like we did with St. Patrick's or, um, you know, listening to these podcasts or go, going to our website, we've got, you know, the, the Revive book or whatever, but just we're, we're here to help. So if you if you want help with all these things or any of these things, feel free to reach out to us at churchrevive.org churchrevive.org and you can set up a call with me and we can talk about your situation. I'm, I don't want to add more work to you, Pete, but would you be open to anybody emailing you directly about sure. like, you know, sure. some of these things? What could, what's your, what's your email? Yeah. My email is, is Peter P E T E R. It's my first name at St. Patrick's church.org. And Saint is all written out S A I N T Saint Peter at St. Patrick's church.org. Right. And you can go, you could Google St. Patrick's Anglican Church, Lexington, yeah. Kentucky, and, and probably find that too. But uh, yeah, that's, well, that's our website address too. So yeah. 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 Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Pete. Great to have you. And, um, and sure. we'll, we'll, we'll follow up in a you know year or so maybe and hear how this missional yeah. is, is going. And see if it works or it flops. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll find way, out. You're, you're trying something, you're, you're doing yeah. something, you're yeah. moving forward, which is what we, we all need to do. And then, um, and then just uh, see what the Lord does with it. So, um, but um, anyway, thank you so much, Pete, for joining us today. And God you bless you all out there. Uh, keep up the good work on the front lines. We're praying for you and here to help. God bless. You've been listening to The Vital Podcast, a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.